five, four, three, two, one. Energize with Ross and Barry. Podcast episode seven. We are live. Episode seven. Jesus, Barry, you should go for the X Factor. I think actually seven is actually my favorite number. Is it? Yeah. What was the play? Cristiano Ronaldo or Beckham? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And what, what about the point? Um, not so no, much. Uh, well, I did have Di Maria on the back of my jersey, and then he left straight away. But uh, what is going on anyway, Roscoe? What's the story, man? Right. So this week, what we have in store for you are the Irish World Cup qualifiers, Group D. Yeah. Then we big. have UFC New Zealand, followed by up and coming UFC Singapore. Singapore. Then we have the Irish rugby team against USA. Yeah. And then we had the Lions. That was on the first go, man. Good job. Yeah, I'm impressed. But before we get to all that, let's do a weekend review, Barry. How did your week go? What did you do? Um, this week I started a new job at KBC. Congrats. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, my parents are very proud. Uh, <laughs> as always. Um, yeah, started working at KBC. Cool crack. Um, also... We booked a holiday. Yeah, we're off to sunny Marbella in Spain. 2nd of August to the 9th of August, I think. Uh, yeah, the 2nd of August to the 9th of August, Marbella. Um, the lads actually originally planned it and wanted to go golfing. And now only one person who's going plays golf. So, so uh, We'll see if we do any golfing whatsoever. I'm extremely doubtful that we will. Yeah, I'd rather go around and check out stuff. and. I'd rather do, do like water sports, to be honest, and play golf or go to the water park yeah Steve was saying that uh, oh you can just drink cans and drive the caddy but uh, I am my whole playing 70 euro to do that yeah who, who's the thing I am like Tiger Woods obviously <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually literally Tiger Woods uh, yeah so we're going over it's going to be a good crack so uh, we were celebrating this weekend and what, what else can you really say like I'm looking forward to it yeah, uh, I was at a gig in Whelan's on Friday night. One of the lads I work with was playing a gig. He was really good. Uh, good work turnout for him. And I was delighted with that. Uh, yeah, other than that, I just worked all week. Barry, tell us about your meeting you had on Friday. Yeah, uh, on Friday, myself and Ross had a meeting with Air Sport. Um, Ross couldn't make it. He couldn't get off work. But uh, I went in, met the head of Air Sport. It was actually really good to meet someone who's... Um, been there, done that. Pretty, yeah, successful. Yeah, someone who's like, and also into sport, because we hadn't mentioned this before, but we actually had a meeting with RTE um, just, about just, a year, just about a year ago. And uh, we met three women, and we were, descri- we were discussing, energised, what it was all about, who, what we were doing. And they literally didn't even know what we were talking about. So we were sort of like, it's like the Kardashians. <laughs> For lads. For lads. Yeah, um, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. Obviously, we didn't say the Kardashians. We were like a proper sports, uh, sports entertainment is exactly what it is. Yeah. And uh, they didn't have it. They, they were just like, so you don't cook or do makeup. And we were like, we can put a wig on Ross if you want, and I'll put lipstick on him. And cheers, man. I like the way I'm wearing all the feminine stuff, but okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll wear a bra. But uh, yeah, it didn't go to plan. But uh, air sport, it was great. Met met one met the head there, Glenn. Great lad. Uh, his son actually listens to our stuff as well but uh, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was positive anyway yeah uh, we were just discussing ideas where we could take it what, what we're expecting from Energised what level we want to get to and we obviously want to grow it as, as big as possible why not what else what else you should be doing but uh, yeah we had to run a few ideas so he asked me what ideas we sort of could come up with like I think for instance for, yeah for us to grow like if we Gave away tickets and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think if you if you would be interested in going to matches, any sort of matches, let us know. Obviously, uh, jerseys, um, even like competitions to win some trips or anything like that. Um, I think it's all a good idea. And if there's a demand for it from us, we'll certainly sort everyone else out because uh, if you're watching our stuff, following our work, you're one of our friends. So uh, we're here to help you out. Uh, yeah. Don't worry, we won't, we won't rig it, so you won't see us getting the getting the front row seats to McGregor Mayweather. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, before we like actually divulge into everything, supposedly there is a date booked for McGregor Mayweather. Roscoe, yeah, somewhere at the end of August, I think twenty sixth. I could be wrong on that date, but apparently 
Mayweather has booked the MGM. And if it's booked on Mayweather's side, I think that's the most likely sign that the fight's going to go ahead yeah. that we've seen yet. Because, put it this way, a lot of the talks have come from the McGregor camp and very little from the Mayweather camp. Well, McGregor, Mayweather, McGregor's sort of calm, he's been sort of calm at the moment. Yeah, but like Dana White's done a lot of talking. Yeah. On, like, all the talking is done on behalf of the May- McGregor side of the camp. Yeah, yeah McGregor's signed his half. Yeah. Um, it's actually it's actually good for the people that like don't have the time to like look up everything and mm. find out everything that we're sort of com- creating the community for them to actually find out all this information. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's good to provide the information and like people who follow us, they sort of get an all round sports information, really, isn't it? Yeah, and they get to find out stuff about us and realize that we're all the same, really. Yeah. Just a few cool dudes trying to have a cool time. Some cool dudes with some awesome toots. Yeah. It's funny how someone right now is actually listening to this and they're like, they can can they hear me or see me listening to this? Alright, that's a bit creepy. Very you. <laughs> Very you listening. Right, um, so Barry. Also, if, yeah, also, if you're listening right now, make sure to subscribe. Very yeah. Uh Okay, so on the agenda today, we're going to kick it off with the football. Uh, Ireland took on Austria in the World Cup qualifier in the Aviva Stadium. On Sunday, mm-hmm. and the end result was one all. Um, overall, it it wasn't Ireland's greatest performance ever, but scoring the goal in the last minute, well, the last ten minutes, uh, really gave us that boost we needed to take it into the next fixtures. But Roscoe, what you make of the game, and what's your overall opinion of the of the group itself? Okay, well, like you said, Barry. That last minute goal for us was, or well, like last couple of minute goal for us was absolutely crucial from John Walters. If it did, if if we did lose the game, um, Austria would be one point behind us, Serbia would be one point ahead of us, and we'd have no cushion whatsoever. It would put a lot more pressure on us. We're now four points clear of third place. We're currently in second, tied only uh, below Serbia on goal difference. Yeah. So uh, at the moment, mm-hmm. I'll be shocked if we don't have. A qualifier for the World Cup at very least. Uh, I still expect us top group. We still have Serbia to play at home. Um, we have what Georgia Moldova still to play. We've our next match coming up is Georgia away in yeah. September, and that'll be followed by Serbia at home in September as well. And then and then we play what is it Moldova at home then Moldova at home in October, and yeah. then Wales away in the last game. So t- three wins. If we win the first three games, the Welsh game is irrelevant because I actually see that being the hardest game for us, just due to the fact that. Whenever Ireland are going to play Wales, it's more than likely going to end up a draw, isn't it? More yeah, times it was a draw. Yeah, it was a draw in the in the Aviva there. Yeah, a few months ago. I, I feel like the, the a lot of the players cancel each other out. And look, obviously Wales are stronger side on paper, but that Irish team is just very hard to beat, isn't it? Yeah, there's a the camaraderie of the actual Irish team is uh, is something that a lot of countries should definitely take on board. Um, for instance, look at England; they they drew their on Sunday as well uh, sorry excuse me on Saturday against Scotland 2 all. The, there's just not the same sort of passion and heart in the way the Irish players wear the jersey no I, I think it's for me it's something to do with there's no superstars on the team so therefore like Ireland don't have one player who plays Champions League football they don't have one player who plays in the top 6 in the Premier League Yeah. like our best player is Seamus Coleman and he's out injured and we still put in great performance. Yes, the first half wasn't that great against Austria, but the second half, we should have really kicked on and won the game. Joe, you know I think that I think James Coleman was was actually a big miss. Now that you mention him, um, mm. the actual captain, the player with most experience as well. As yeah. well, uh, although like as much as he is the captain, I don't see him being as much of a a leader, and I don't mean that in a bad way or anything against him because like obviously he's you know the most talented player we have. He's like one of the first names on the team sheet, but I don't see him. You know, rallying the troops. Yeah, but it'd be more like a would it, it'd be more like a Beckham back in the day where it was yeah, like true. follow my lead, not yeah. do as I do, not as what I say. Yeah, yeah, no, I do, I do. Well, who so else would you give it to, really? Like, you know yeah, I mean? there's no, there's like, there's very few. I think McLean, Brady, and Coleman are the only like, three. Pe- th- yeah, but they're the only three people who I think have their place absolutely nailed down, and no one's robbing it off them. Yeah. I think Brady's like too young to be. Take the captaincy on, like put that burden on his shoulders. You know yeah, what I mean? like because he already does like the dead balls as well. Like, yeah, he does a lot of a lot of stuff for the team anyway. Yeah. I felt like in that game there, he felt like he had a lot of pressure to overperform. Yeah, and it was sort of a hindrance. And then once he dropped back into left back, uh, the 
sort of onslaught sort of became like sort of started like him, for, him like, and McLean both on the left hand side caused a lot, is going to cause a lot yeah. of trouble for any team yeah like even when he when, when Brady scored that infamous goal against Italy like he came from left back up it's sort of like when he gets that freedom I, I think when he's playing left wing he sort of has to he sort of has to, he sort of he, he can't get that couple of yards of a run and then get it going you know what I mean obviously not like Messi but once Messi gets by one or two players then he's going by uh, nine more you know what I mean you're right yeah. Robbie Brady, the Irish Messi. The, the, he is the Irish. Well, he wears number 10 as well. Yeah. Um, Left footed. True, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, we're in the strongest qualifying position for a World Cup I think I've ever seen us in. Um, yeah. You know I mean? It all sort of comes down to inviting the Serbs over to the Viva. If we can beat them in the Viva, like, that's, that's basically it, isn't it? Yeah. It's done and dusted. Get the win against Georgia and then move on. Yeah. Uh, take it one game at a time that's really important because mm. we nearly, nearly overlooked Georgia in the game in the Aviva just yeah. before the turn of the year and then uh, it took us a long time to break them down they've only got really one player it was a number 10 who just plays just off the front and if you just if you mark him out of the game it's over and done with yeah, but, you, can, uh, you can almost sit a Glenn wheeling on him and just try and mark him out of the game yeah, I know just nullify him yeah like I would have liked to say James Carthy but he's sort of he's sort of injured yeah. at the moment isn't he yeah, yeah he, he doesn't and he didn't really get much game time for everything this year either yeah uh, the biggest talking point was obviously in the last five minutes when uh, it went one all Ireland were going, going gung ho and uh, the ball was whipped into the box and Shane Duffy headed the ball into the back of the net and also like he sent, his, sent the defender into the net as well yeah yeah the, defend, the defender went further into the back of the net than the ball and the referee blew it for a foul I honestly think that like that should have been given as a goal it was two men going up trying to win a ball now bear in mind Duffy is about 6'4 and the Austrian was about 5'7 but uh, if that, 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 that was just the goal I, I just felt like we were totally robbed and it, it was almost like a tactic to put the smallest one of the smaller players against the massive fella and make it look like he got fouled wasn't it yeah but it's because like, Duffy went over with his arm but you're that we when were you robbed. jump over the header, like you put your arms out, like that's just the way you head the ball. I feel like Duffy. Th- that's one of the main reasons why he doesn't play in the Premier League because he gives away a lot of fouls. Too erratic. Like yeah, like it's a great. It's great to have a, a huge, a huge man in the box. Like don't get me yeah. wrong now, but I mean, if that person's in the box fouling the whole time you cross the ball in, well then what's really, what's really the positive? Although could you see like someone like maybe Brighton almost going for a Duffy, and like I know he might be a bit erratic, but like. He pulls in a serious shift back there. Yeah, potentially. Um, sure, he's still young. That's the thing. He, and he, he used to play for Everton as well. But he's uh, sort of like he's the one centre half we have at the moment. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. He's definitely taking he's over. Sort of John O'Shea sort of finishing. And John O'Shea has no club at the moment. Now. He got released by Sunderland there during the week. Yeah, his he is his dad actually passed away there, and they they gave him a minute's applause. Uh, that must be tough for him. Yeah, yeah. But look, rest in peace. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're, we're very positive in high hopes. Yeah. Desire side. Also, just after that goal was disallowed, Walters went through again, and was as he was pu- pulling the trigger, got he kicked your man and he fell over in the box. I don't really think it was a penalty, but because that goal wasn't given, you felt like more grieved by it. Yeah, I felt like yeah. picking up the table, picking up the chairs and throwing them at the TV. But um. His, what you make of his goal? His goal was actually brilliant. Yeah, as you were saying earlier, like he took it a lot earlier than you expect him to take it, which is kind of rare from an, from I think from an Irish standpoint. Like to normally score score more sort of scrambled goals, but like it was a very well finished. He goal. hit it clean and early. Thing yeah. is, that that goalkeeper has only played three games for Austria in the last three years, or two years, I think it was. Like I mean, that and the, they didn't even test him. I think I think the Irish team like were sort of like, oh we're we're going to win this yeah. without even really showing up and then when we gave away the goal it was like are we actually really going to have to work hard for this again and it was a really early goal it was like what 13th minute uh, I think it was roughly around 20 something oh, was it? Okay, well, it, was early, it, was, it was before half an hour anyway yeah, yeah. but uh, that Austrian team weren't great either and uh, they would have been if we had beaten them they would have been totally out of the competition to get into the World Cup yeah, so. but looking at the fixtures I think if we get the win against Georgia away and then obviously beat the Serbs at home then you really only have to count down how many points you need and, and it's th- there you go 
In my opinion, it's between ourselves and Serbia. They're the only two teams that can win the group. Wales or Austria can only really finish second at best, I think, at this stage. They're four points back, four games to go. It would like take out a lot for one of those two teams to end up top of the group. Yeah, I'm surprised even Wales um, are... It's, it's funny how they're unbeaten, but there's they've only won one and drawn five. Like After that, after the Euros, they had... Yeah, bear in mind, Ireland had a good one as well. But uh, after the Euros, they, had, they haven't really done the business. And is that because... Bale has been sort of like not 100% fit hey, he didn't play the last game as well he was suspended I think and he, was, he wasn't great against Ireland as well yeah um, who knows he hasn't had the best season he's had a lot of injuries over at Real Madrid and you know I mean I don't know, maybe the Euros took a lot out of him and then onto this year and then another qualifying campaign maybe he's just not as fit as because in fairness Wales give him the ball an awful lot he, yeah. like, he's <laughs> extraordinarily heavily relied on as in, he's probably, in an international scale, he's probably the most relied on player of any team. Maybe Ronaldo? Potentially so, but I think Portugal has a few better players than Wales have. Oh no, definitely, yeah. So like, yeah, obviously you're trying to pass the ball to Ronaldo, but I think in terms of Wales, it's like, give Bale the ball and see what happens. Yeah, but the question is, are we going to Georgia? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I think we're going to end up in the World Cup. And yeah, It's a pity the way it's on in Russia, isn't it? Yeah, because I'd be very tempted to go if it was anywhere bar Russia. It's like Russia. The, all yeah. the... I'm, like, I'm just not going to Moscow. Like I'm just not. What would the weather be like then? Who knows? It could be freezing. Yeah. could be nice. Aidan McGeady might actually be, uh, be handy going over there because uh, he used to play in Russia. Yeah, true. Very Aido. Is that the final scoop? Oh. In all their news for us, Manchester United fans. Is Lindelof done deal? Someone said delivered. Has he stood there with a the jersey yet? Uh, suppose he hasn't been, it hasn't been totally finalised, but it's very weird the way United put it out on their social media saying that it's been it's agreed bar contract and medical. And a medical. Like, yeah. I mean, who does that? Were they really, did they really not have any content to put out that day? Mm. Also, sloppy on the Manchester United's. Uh, Social media, whoever runs it, like by not tagging Lindoff in the post as well. So, because half the people don't even know who he is. Mm. You know what I mean? Although I saw Ray Wilkins. Is that who it was? Yeah. Uh, like Slate annoyed for signing him, not getting Michael Keane back. But they're they're sort of saying, who is this guy? He's one nothing. Look at Michael Keane. He's had a great season at Burnley. Which, like, yeah, Michael Keane has had a good season this year. But like Lindoff went and won the. He's won, he's, yeah, he's won the Portuguese title three years in a yeah. row. Um, he's also won a Portuguese cup. Yeah, a couple of cups, and also he won the European under twenty. It was either twenty or twenty-one championships with um, Sweden. With Sweden, so I mean, and yeah. and he starts with Sweden as well. So yeah. I'm, uh, like I mean, what are you gonna say? Yeah, like uh, like to be honest, I don't know an awful lot about him, but like, look, he must be all right if you know we're trying to get him for two years in a row. Is he really much? Be- is Keane even really much better than Jones or Smalley? Like. Not particularly, I don't think. And, and like, uh, it's I probably easier to look good at Burnley when like you have a lot of defending yeah. to do. That what like the uh, the Charlie Adam effect. Yeah. Well, like, uh, and we can't buy another player back from million like tens of millions again after the Pogba scenario. Yeah. So that that's overall. T- I think that's all the football we have for today. Okay. Uh, as you know, over the weekend, myself and Ross were watching UFC Auckland. Um, Staying up till stupid o'clock. Stupid o'clock. Also, Ross cooked. Ross cooked the grub. Uh, we had ribs, and we actually had. We went for cheesy wedges. Uh, don't like, go for them. They're mean. Yeah, the ribs weren't actually that great either. Yeah, it, 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 it was a bad night in the kitchen for me. Yeah, although the tub of ice cream was grand, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and yes, we both had a tub each. Very, yeah, very ma- energized. Magnum white. It was actually quite nice. Magnum white. Uh, yeah. So UC Auckland was in. Auckland, yeah, New uh, Zealand. Yeah, the funny thing is, it oh, kicked weird the way. That's where the lines were. Is that yeah, it? yeah. Then that, that was, a, that, was that. that was a plan. David White had half, but uh, it's it's weird how obviously we live in the world. But uh, it started at like eight a.m., seven a.m. in New Zealand time. Yeah. Whereas where myself and Ross are in Dublin, Ireland, uh, at, at like like three a.m. We started. Yeah, three a.m. It was just like. We were going to sleep when they were going to work. Uh, it's yeah, bad. They, they would have to get up at like 6 a.m. in the morning to go to watch stuff. Fights. Yeah, but before we actually like go uh, break down the card, uh, overall the event was actually really good, wasn't it? Yeah, after the prelims, the main card was brilliant. The prelims was 
very mediocre, a lot of decisions, but at the end of the day, it was a good overall card, wasn't it? Yeah, it sort of outdone itself. The, like the there wasn't that many notable names, but um, there was a few names to remember. Um, first fight we're going to talk about is Tim Elliott was taking on Ben and Gwyn. Uh, this this one was this was a like I was sort of surprised that Gwyn actually won this because Tim Elliott was so brilliant in his last fight against Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, who's supposed to be pound for pound best in the world. What I'm going to say. What do you think? I'm going to say Tim Elliott was one of the heaviest favorites on the card, wasn't he? Uh, if I was going to bet on it, yeah, yeah. Um, look, Ben Ten Gwen took him out in under a minute. He hit him with a few good shots. Took him down to the ground. Rear naked choke. For me, that was a fifty grand performance bonus check. What do you think, Bright? Yeah, well, he's probably, he's after knocking off one of the main contenders in the division. Yeah, and. Um, this fight, leading into the fight, they had one common opponent and they both fought him within the last year. Tim Elliott had just beaten Louis Smoker. Louis Smoker had just beaten um, uh, Ben Gwen. And, like, both were very decisive. So, I almost thought it was a weird match of putting these two together. But, Tim Elliott, I don't know, obviously he was slow at the start and Ben 10 took advantage of him. Well, fair play to him. I, I think... It's hard to say a lot about a fight that lasted under a minute, so I think that's sort of that one, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, now, in my opinion, this was the performance of the night. Um, it was Eon Kudabala against Henrik De Silva. Uh, Ross, give us the nicknames there first, will you? Uh, the Hulk versus Frankenstein. Okay. Barry, tell, tell, tell us... Do you want me to describe? Us, tell us, tell us from, from the walkouts onwards. Okay. Ian Kudabala. This is a, the Maldo- he's a Moldovan, right? Comes into the octagon, the ring announcer announces the two the two fighters. Kudabala's number two. As he's being announced, walks all the way across the octagon into Henrique's face and gives him what, what would you call it? Throat slash. The throat slash. And it was the first time like before when that fight was just about to stop or start, myself and Ross were just getting a bit tired. But when we saw that, that was the first time anyone's ever done that of that I can remember. Yeah. And like I've never seen someone get so far across the octagon because normally the ref's like, "Jesus, get away from!" Him. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was Freud and really, yeah, wasn't yeah. It, it yeah. was like it was. It was. It was. And then I was going. It's either going to go one or two ways. Yeah. I was like, either Eon Katibla is going to absolutely take the head off him, but if he loses, he's just made a show of yeah, himself. Yeah. Uh, and then, do you want to explain what happened? So basically, oh. the two of them, the, the the fight started, and Katibla hits this one-two straight. Drops Henry Silva and Henry Silva has come down from heavyweight yeah, as well. Heavyweight, yeah. So like he's not an easy man to knock out. Yeah, this is in the lightweight division. Light heavyweight. Light heavyweight. Excuse me. Yeah, drop drops him straight away and then absolutely assaults the poor man on the ground. It yeah. was assault, wasn't it, Barry? Uh, very assault. Twenty one seconds. That's all she wrote. That was extremely impressive. Um, anyone who, who like takes the attention of everyone for that fight. Like when I said to Ross, I was like, "This could be a a, a big superstar." Yeah, because he's very young. What was he? 23, 24 yeah. 23, yeah, he, 25 Yeah, he's under twenty five anyway. Yeah, and then uh, gets the mic after, and it was sort of like, "What's he gonna do? What's he gonna do?" He's been so outraged the whole time. What's he gonna do? And you know what? I I must say, Brian sounds very good for asking like, "Who's next?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's very good for like he teased them up. Yeah, he, yeah, he put, like prods them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's like, he's like, right. I'm gonna ask you the question to give yourself. Your moment, your yeah, yeah. It gives them the the moment, and then uh, and then we have some woman sat in the cage doing translations. Yeah, that was the big. That was the thing. Yeah, uh, the translators, the translators ruins it. Like you can't use that as a promo. Like, yeah, like you know what I mean. You yeah. can't have the translator being like, he said he's Moldovan and he's going to take anyone on. Like, no, yeah. that doesn't excite anyone. No, sorry. So, uh, before we head on, who would you like to see him fight next? Cause he looked damn impressive. Uh, Jimmy Manuel is down to fight, isn't he? Oh, yeah, I'd like to he's see him fight Volkan. Yeah, I'd like to see him uh, fight Latifi and see what he can do there. Yeah, because Latifi's a very big fella. Yeah. Um, for me, I'd like to say Eon Katila. I'd like to see him take a massive step up. I'd like what to see him go the whole way up to Gusty. fight. No, no, not that big. Yeah. I'd like to see him fight Glover. Glover, I think, Ooh. is winnable. It will give him a push in the right direction. And it's also like a tough fight as well. Yeah, not to be fresh. Yeah. So I think we'll see when Glover's back after that knockout. I'm, de- I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for him anyway. 
Yeah. Uh, another good fire to have in the European scene as well. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah. Make sure you keep an eye out for him. Uh, dangerous, dangerous opponent. Mm. Uh, moving on to the next fight, it was Dan Hooker versus Ross Pearson. Uh, Hooker's actually from Australia and Ross Pearson now resides in Australia. Yeah. Um, Dan Hooker. A local tie. It was a local tie. Before this fight, myself and Ross thought that this could actually be Ross Pearson's last fight. But uh, if he won. Yeah. Because we thought in his last fight, if he won, that could have been his last fight. Um, Dan Hooker actually took took this, and what are you meant to say? What do you make? What are you meant to make of this one now as well? Like to, to be honest, right? Ross Pearson, you would tell, was a far superior striker. He had yeah. all the tools. Yeah. But from a physical standpoint, Dan Hooker was so much larger. He had such a long reach, and you could just tell he was the better athlete. He was the younger athlete. It was just. You were just waiting for him to sort of catch Pearson, and then he hit him with an almighty knee, and like, geez, oh, he knocked his gum shield about halfway across the ring, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and then gave him another punch. Yeah, uh, look, see, that's it, Pearson. That's Pearson. Pearson's sort of style, like he likes to, he bites down and then he yeah. just swings, but like he's gradually sliding out of the top fifteen, and now he's actually totally out of it. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, but he's yeah, but he's out of it, and like heading outside the top thirty as opposed to you know moving up. Would you even? Would you even? Say he's much of a name, really. Like, no, I think if he wants one more fight, he should fight the loser of BJ Penn versus Dennis Seaver at lightweight. I think, yeah, I know there are those who are fighting a featherweight, but at the end of the day, like, Pearson sort of needs a, a cheerio fight, doesn't he? Yeah, you can't just walk away like that. No, but um, another performance bonus, in my opinion, like, just for like landing that knee. So far, I think those three fights are all performance phones. Like, if you can knock someone down in 21 seconds, and that flying knee, and then, like, Ben 10, I think they're all performance bonuses. Yeah, that, that's why I was so surprised at this card. Yeah. Well, like, it all delivered on the main, that's main the stage. Thing. That's the thing. It, it, what it lacked there in There was names, no, like, it, Vitor Belfort versus uh, Neymar fight or anything like that. But, um, moving on to the next fight. Derek Brunson against everyone's favourite dad bod. Dan Kelly. Dan Kelly. Um, this actually looked like... This was a massacre. It was like... This is a man in his prime versus a man who... Is, is, not cer- is certainly not in his prime. Dan Kelly walking in with his knees sellotaped together. Yeah. This... <laughs> I don't know how Dan Kelly went 6-1 in the UFC, but he did. And... How, how I, felt, I-, I felt like... He was a walking disaster. This was a taking time bomb, wasn't it? How were the police not called on, on Derek Brunson after this fight? Yeah. It was... <laughs> and and Kutabala as well. The yeah. two of them should have been arrested. If only they were in the same weight class, I'd love to see them fight each other. But, um, like, I'm not going to lie. He, Brunson just hit him with this punch and, like, he, like, absolutely flatlined him. Like, Kelly was, like, yeah. turned around the other way, knocked out. And I wasn't surprised were you. The way they were walking in, like Kelly looked like he almost needed a wheelchair yeah. going in, and uh, Derek Brunson looked like an absolute prime athlete. He did, didn't he? Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if like Dad Bod didn't come back with the Dad Bod. Although, like, who? How can you take anyone seriously with the name Dad Bod? That's obviously why he won his last few fights. That's not his real nickname, but like, that's just what everyone refers to him as. Okay, well, but just <laughs> he's not that real calling himself Dad Bod. I'm sure he is, man. Tattooed Dad Bod. Yeah, well, like. Could he not like train a bit harder and get a few abs for his next fight and people stop giving him a stick now? Yeah, the thing is, he's pushing 40 as well. Like, Is he, is he doing? Is he? Or is he going to have one more? Brown bread. Um, sure, he's, he's from Australia as well, isn't he? Yeah. The hometown favourite. Oh, I don't know. He's really like, you could fight in like the old age, old age pensioners league. Fight Anderson Silva next. <laughs> yeah, why not? Like, Although that wouldn't be would that even be good like no I'm just having like him on those front kicks and <laughs> collapsed. Uh, okay, okay, okay. After this fight, actually Ross actually was going to the bathroom and I go, who's going to call out Derek Brunson now? And uh, I got I said as a joke GSP and then who did you say? I think I said the winner of Chris Weidman versus Kelvin Gastelum. I was like, that's a feasible fight that yeah, you could get a possible opponent. Yeah. yeah. Um, now as we just said, Brian Stan gives people the opportunity to call out someone gets Derek Brunson on the on the mic and he goes Brunsonator what's the story man who do you want to fight yeah and, and he what's he go he this goes, is the biggest waste yeah he goes I want to fight Antonio Silva and everyone's and like, like Brunson's like what and he goes 
Antonio Carlos Jr., you mean? He goes, yeah, that's shoe-faced fella. And it's like, why are you calling him someone not in the fifth, top 15? Like, no you don't, even know, you don't even know his name. Yeah. Doesn't further your career. Like, I just don't get it. And plus, he's actually kind of a dangerous fight. Like, he's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt on the ground. And like, why would you fight him when you could at least fight David Branch, Christoph Jocko? I know he lost, but he's top 10. Uh, Talos Ladies. Like, even a fight against Rashad Evans, who who's fighting Sam Alvey, even the winner of that fight would be more entertaining than Shoeface, wouldn't it? Yeah, look, how can anyone complain about not making money if you're making stupid calls? Yeah. Like, I, I, what what'd you say you got for that fight, just roughly? I'd say maybe 60 grand, I'd say. Okay. Maybe 50 grand plus with the win bonus extra. Okay, so he roughly got about 50 or 60 grand, and now he'll probably be like, oh, I finished that bod who was 6-1 and one in... You wouldn't better ask for a fashion. rematch with Anderson Silva. Yeah, my whole entire point is why when you had the chance to call out someone a bigger name to get a bigger pay you're calling out someone who's not even the top 15 hold on it's just why didn't he call out Vitor Belfort why didn't he call out someone whose name he knew yeah Vitor Belfort just won last week your schedules are like on par it's the biggest name in your career you can scalp look these people if someone really wants to make a career and make a lot of money they should like create a school where the fighters go to for a week and it's just like, right, if you get the mic, what do you do? Yeah. You do this. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, maybe sometimes these people are getting hit too hard in the head and they actually forget, but uh, that was one of the stupidest mic call-outs I've ever seen. Yeah. Calling out the wrong person. Uh, moving on to the main event of the evening. We have Super Samoan Mark Hunt fighting against Derek the Black Beast Lewis. Barry, what was your take on the fight? I thought this was uh, going to be a first round, what's it called? Rock and Sock'em? Yeah, and Rock then, and Sock'em Robots. Yeah, and then it turned into like a... A four round Rock and Sock'em it Robots. Into, yeah, it turned into a triathlon. It went to, it went to the fourth round and uh, by the end of it, Derek Lewis came across as if he was Dada 5000. Like yeah. had zero gas left, could barely even stand and uh, was almost hoping Mark Hunt could knock him out. Yeah, for me... Round one and two were fairly like easy to score for Lewis. He was throwing a lot of head kicks, a lot of kicks in general. Mark Hunt is tough as nails though. He sort of just ate them. He didn't look phased by any of them, did he? Mark Hunt for forty three is still he's the toughest fellow in the UFC, I think. And yeah, and he's so quick at dodging jabs. Uh, but like in fairness, Derek Lewis was swinging baseball bats. Yeah, yeah. Like if one of those landed, like I, I didn't want to see the results for Hunt, but yeah. but uh, what what. Uh, What's it called? Uh, one of the guys that follows was Shane. Yeah. He was saying that uh, Mark Hunt's head's like a, like a, a motorbike helmet. It, it bloody <laughs> is. Like. It is, man. It was actually such a like brilliant... Like his head break fists. Yeah, it was such a like brilliant analysis of it. Yeah, and then it came to round three and like it was the turn of the tides in round three, wasn't it? Like when Derek Lewis took the steel at the end of round three, he was knackered. Uh, Hunt, couldn't believe Hunt, Hunt, Hunt started putting in these leg kicks and like they were really affecting him. Uh, Jose Aldo uh, who's a Roy Faber kick yeah yeah he was, it like, and ho, ho, imagine getting a leg kick off Mark Hunt like, he has three trunk legs Yeah, and he was just Derek Lewis was throwing Derek Lewis Derek Lewis was throwing some big kicks as well yeah oh no 100% like, I wouldn't like to be on the end of Derek Lewis's <laughs> kicks either but like Mark Hunt's a K1 kickboxing champion so like he knows what he's doing with those legs uh, like Lewis sort of looks like he was like throwing his leg at Mark Hunt as opposed to like yeah. Mark Hunt was like all technique Chomping into it was his the leg. Te- I think it just came down to the technique really and the experience, wasn't it? Yeah. Mark Hunt he was more conservative with his energy. And Mark Hunt was always pr- pr- pressing forward. It's yeah, always more yeah. energy to go backwards than the entire time. Because your body's not used to running backwards. That's why if you actually go back and look in history, John Jones actually does it. He actually practices running backwards because you move backwards fight. Muhammad Ali but used the, to run backwards. What's it what do they call that out in Albuquerque? Oh, I don't know what it's called, the, the but I know it's a long, long, like... Yeah, it's like a sand dune thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they practice running backwards because obviously it's a movement that you do in fighting, but you don't do it on a regular basis, like outside of fighting. So, What's look, it? Derek Lewis, oh, tell him about the social media post today. Oh, uh, yeah, before before the fight, Derek, uh, Derek Lewis's coach put up a picture of Derek Lewis eating a rack of ribs. Um, he must have known myself and Ross were eating ribs at home yeah. as well. And, uh, and chicken fillets, like I mean, like if you're if you're going in fighting Mark Hunt, I mean, 
you, you should take this like more professionally on that. And plus, would you not want to be like the faster, agile fella against Mark Hunt yeah. as opposed to slowing down and being like the fat Hunt who out like a rack of ribs? S- sloppy call, man. Sloppy, yeah. sloppy decision. And I, and it didn't work because he like he had zero gas left. I'm surprised he just didn't like just lie on the ground. He, I, I've never seen anyone try and get out of the octagon more than yeah. He, that was, he, the, he was yeah. like he was like looking to get out. And you know what? Stoppage wasn't even like. Mark Hunt wasn't even doing much. I think the ref was like, yeah. here, look, this is only going one way. And he actually saved him, didn't he? He did, yeah. Uh, it was weird to think that Derek Lewis was actually the man next nine for a title if he yeah. had actually won that. Um, Mark Hunt's obviously miles away now, isn't he? Yeah, the, like he's like suing the UFC and I don't know, that whole like him fighting over him and Lewis getting knocked out and then like the Brock Lesnar thing. Oh no, Mark Hunt is just in no man's land in terms of the yeah. UFC. But like, who knows where he's going next? And then Derek Lewis said he was going to retire after the fight, so I don't know what his buzz was. I I, I just don't really know what to make. I don't believe he's retiring. But no, I, I there's don't. no way. No, he, no. I, he I, makes too much money. He probably to, want, he's probably just going to take a year off and come back. Like, yeah. That's yeah. Because he wanted or, a break before that fight, but was offered it and like had to take it. The cash was obviously too big. Here, so and he was on a roll. What 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 would you say is next for Derek Lewis? If obviously we're assuming he's going to still fight, and what's next for Mark Hunt? I think Derek Lewis is going to go off for, for a while. Uh, no longer than a year, though. And then he'll probably come back when he needs to. Like, he comes across as someone who, who like, doesn't need a huge budget lifestyle. Yeah. And, um, like, once the money sort of dries up a bit, he'll come back and he'll probably do it on his own terms as well. Because the heavyweight division is getting smaller and smaller because of the age. Yeah. And, like, Derek Lewis isn't that old, so... Yeah, and what about Mark Hunt? Who do you see him fighting? Hunty. Um, the ball's really in his court. Like, I mean, I don't see him retiring anyway. Yeah. But um, he's going to have to see what he can do with the UFC. For for me, when it comes to Mark Hunt, right, obviously you're looking at the top heavyweights. You have um, Verdum's fighting over him. He won't fight yeah. over him. No. If Verdum wins, Verdum might get a re- probably get a rematch against Stipe. Um Cain Velasquez is the fight I go for, but if not Velasquez, I'd like to see Hunt fight in Ghana. But I don't know if they want to risk Ghana against Hunt because it could be him again. Yeah, because he just well, because he just took took Derek took, Lewis. Yeah, on. he just took one of the top prospects. He just retired away. one of the main prospects. Yeah, so at the end of the day, great fight night, great card, unbelievable main event, and yeah, it, it was well it, worth it. It was actually worth saying up for because if you ask me. The night before, do you think that'd be worth saying up six a.m. before? I'd probably say no. Yeah. But watching there then, and sometimes I record the fights and watch them in the morning. It's never the same. It's just not the same. Nah, is it? Because you already know. Yeah. Even when you don't know, it's just not the same. You, you have the ability to fast forward. Yeah. Because a fight shit, you just fast forward. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Through the ads and everything. Yeah. Uh, overall, great event. Yeah, it outdone itself, and I give it. I definitely give it at least. An, I give it I'll a, give over an eight. eight. Yeah, I give I it give an over ten. I give an eight out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Well, also this weekend, uh, UFC Singapore is on. Um, what you make of the card overall? Do you think it's uh, um decent regional card for what it is? Um, what you wouldn't call it? Quote unquote s- stacked. No, it's not. But like, sure look, it's another one. I'll probably just watch because I'm not going out. I, I well, so far I don't plan going out for that. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we'll kick it off in the main card um, In the welterweight division uh, Okay, Tarek Safadine is taking on Rafael Dos Anjos This is Rafael Dos Anjos' debut in the welterweight division uh, Roscoe, what you make of this fight? And uh, Are you happy Rafael's moving up a division? Um, if he feels more comfortable with that and feels like he's struggling to uh, make weight at 155, well then, yeah, it's a bit weird that his last fight at lightweight, he was the champion. Yeah. Um, look, at the end of the day, Cowboy found success moving up. I think he probably saw that and he's like, I've oh, beaten Cowboy, so why don't I go for as well? It, it's, uh, it could work out for him. Although, it, stature-wise, he's quite small for it, I think. Yeah, but the thing is, it, it's such a weird way the way his career has gone because he was meant to fight mm. McGregor and then yeah. then this whole Nate Diaz thing went on McGregor. Well, and now he's fighting in the welterweight division against Safety and like it's... And he's... I, don't, I, I really don't know. Yeah, I think his thing is he's, he's not much of a personality to him. But at the end of the day... I, I comes across as a good guy, though. This is a good matchup for him, because Safin's not particularly big welterweight either. So, size-wise, I don't think it would be a disadvantage for this fight. I think 
if I had to break down, Safadine, excellent leg kicker, excellent striker, former Strikeforce welterweight champion. Um, if I have to pick who's going to win, I think I'd have to go for Ordier. I think he's taken a very long time off. Uh, I know Eddie Alvarez knocked him out, but I think he's got a very good chin. And he also trains. Hands, hands are better. He also trains in Singapore as yeah, well. Yeah, he, he? he does a lot of stand up work in Singapore. Uh, his head trainer is Rafael Cadero. He's also head trainer for people like Fabrizio Verdum and Leo Machida. So he's got a good camp. And yeah, I fancy him to win. I think Safadine still does all his training out of Europe. I'm not 100% sure what his story is in his camp. So. I would go for the former lightweight champion, Rafael Dos Santos. What that, about yourself? Well, I, I was th- I'm thinking that as well, but the thing is, would Dos Santos be in the top 15 in the welterweight division? Yeah, I think he is. Well, yeah. if K- I think if Cowboys is high as five, and Dos Santos beating him twice, I think Dos Santos can at least get top 10. Do you think he's sniffing around for the belt? No, I don't think so. I think like I, th- I think it's a weird one, because he's got like a weird stature. I think someone like Neil Magny would be very hard for him. Oh, to pick him out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. It's a tough one, but it it'll be interesting to see how he competes on a strength level against those welterweights. Yeah, because he was he was being quite convincing against uh, Eddie Alvarez in his last fight. So yeah, let's see if he still has it. And he, he remember his bra his bra his jaw was broken. Yeah. Okay then. Uh, moving on to the next fight, Dong Hyun Kim fighting Colby Covington in the welterweight division. Um, as you know, Dong Hyun Kim has fought basically the who's who of the division. Yeah, Stormwood. and. Uh, Ross is also a big fan of Colby Covington because he used to be a roommate of John Jones. Well, and, and Ross likes the party, and so does John Jones. Well, what I what we say, fan, uh, I think yeah, <laughs> I think he's good welterweight, and I think he's very talented. No, was only just, I, I, I don't actually like him as a person. Yeah, no, I that's what I said. It. He's <laughs> extraordinarily arrogant. He's in blown up Twitter trying to get fights in the welterweight division. He really wants to fight RDA, which is strange that they're on the same card and they're not fighting each other. But who knows why that is. Uh, he also came out and said he's the reason Robbie Lawler left AT&T because he was kicking his ass so much, which I highly doubt anyone kicks Robbie Lawler's ass every day in training. Yeah, um, yeah so I hope Stone Gun knocks him out. I hope he... Why do you hope he wins? Yeah, I, 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 I could see him doing one of those spinning back elbows. He's... He's going to be hard to take down Stone Gun because he's also uh, quite black belt in judo, so he's got very good hips. And yeah, he'll be the larger of the two, yeah. I'd assume, anyway. I think it's going to come down to experience. So uh, I'm going to go with Dong Hyun Kim. Uh, moving on to the Battle of the Big Dogs. Yes. Another favourite for you. Man, I love heavyweight division so much, it's actually just frightening. Uh, on former UFC heavyweight champion Andre Arlovsky. Well, probably champion in 1991, uh, fighting Marcin Tabura. Uh, Ross, tell us what the story is here, and is this potentially Andre Arlovsky's last fight? I think for the last seven fights, it's been potentially Andre Arlovsky's last fight. Um, so no, probably not. To be honest, <laughs> uh, he seems to like go to these brain dead. That fellow, I think. Um, I don't think it's the most dangerous fight for Marcin Tabura. I think he has maybe. 17 fights I think he's 15 and 2 uh, 7 wins by knockout 6 by submission or vice versa um, I haven't seen a lot of them I've seen him do one head kick KO Victor Pesta but I don't really rate Victor Pesta so it's hard to tell do you like, think, do it's you, hard to say where he, his talent level is yeah that's the thing do you think this is going to be a, a real test because like, Garlowski's definitely won the bottom 4 or 5 in the division yeah well Arlovsky's hard it's hard to sort of rate him because like you see him lose but he loses to all the top guys you know what I mean so it's not like he's he's not actually that terrible he's just not one of the top 10 guys you know what I mean so it's it's a bit of a harsh reality for Andre Arlovsky in my opinion I think he's probably going to be better on the feet I think he's really good boxing I think Arlovsky's boxing is seriously underrated I think it's actually very very good it's just his chin is so questionable isn't it yeah, but again, knocked out that many times. You you can't be you can't back the chin. Yeah. it's not it. Isn't, he hasn't got the same chin as Mark. Yeah, Hunt, your chin anyway. doesn't improve as time goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I'm gonna have to pick, I'm gonna go for Arlovsky just because I've seen him a lot more and I know more his style. Who are you gonna um, go for? I haven't seen Marcin actually fight. So and also I, I remember last time Ngannou was fighting Arlovsky. Like he comes across as a good guy and like like obviously. 
I don't want to see him like, like end not, his career. I, I just don't want to see him knocked out again. I don't want to see his career end again, Marcy and Tibur. Yeah, in the back arse of Singapore. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? How are you? He won't even be able to talk. Verse, he's got a kill dog and he, his main yeah. piece has really killed Arlovsky, so I'm like cheering for Arlovsky. And he's former champ. Yeah. So, moving, moving on, on to, to the, the main event of the evening. evening. So I hope I hope Bruce Buffer goes to Singapore. I don't oh. like your man Joey Martinez. I hope Bruce Buffer listens to us doing that, you know? Yeah, I hope Joey Martinez doesn't because we're not copying him. No, no. Um Holly Holm, yeah. former UFC Bantamweight champion. Bantam is he? Heavyweight Returned, champion. Returning, <laughs> Bantamweight champion. Returning to Bantamweight. Returning versus Besh Uh everyone knows Holly Holm. The Rose is starting. Yeah, oh. Rose is starting when she absolutely annihilated Ronda Rousey. Yeah, uh, so, probably the most vicious knockout in women's UFC history. Yeah, it was woman against girl. Yeah, and then uh, Besco Hair, uh, the Brazilian. She's not much most famous say. for losing to Ronda Rousey. Yeah, most famous for trying to scare Ronda Rousey and actually losing quite convincingly. Yeah. Um, Holly Holmes coming off three fight, a three fight loss streak. Yeah, um, um, arguably. It's arguable. It's, it's, it's a pretty strange loss streak, in my opinion. Yeah. Because, right, she lost to Amanda, or uh, Misha Tate. Misha Tate at UC 200. Um, no, 196. Sorry, 196. She tapped her out. The same, yeah. same card as McGregor. But she was winning that fight right up until the fifth round. Holly Holm was. Sloppy. Right. Then she fought Valentina Shevchenko. She sort of lost that one quite uh, decisively. But, like, she wasn't absolutely battered out of it. You know what I mean? She just sort of lost the, lost the rounds by slim margins. Valentina's also fighting now for the title. Yeah, she's fighting for the title, so she's no bum. Yeah. And then she lost her last fight to Durandamy, but Durandamy was like, she basically cheated and like kept him punching her after the bell. And that was close as well. That wasn't, yeah, that, that, wasn't, wasn't that wasn't a lopsided year. And yeah. a lot of people scored that for Holly Holm as well. I know, that was the thing. That's what I mean. Yeah, like she was sort of... So she's not like, she might be on a three-fight losing streak, but like she's not like, she's not getting killed by anyone. Yeah, she's not getting, getting knocked out of her Lowski style. Yeah. But uh, what can you say about Betsy Cohen? Um, sloppily doing, trying to be cool, doing the dance, and then in the drawing, yeah, she's like twerking and like <laughs> after a draw. Uh, I don't know. She's had a lot of split decisions. There's something about her that's sort of extraordinarily unlikable. Yeah, I think she tries to be like a baddie, but like I say, do you know what? I say it's actually hard for her to find her place because like you have like Claudia Gadea who's like sort of like. Good looking. good looking Brazilian yeah one. and then you have Cyborg who's like the badass Brazilian one yeah and she and then, falls in between yeah like no real direction no one really cares about that's the thing no one really cares about it where Holly Holm would have a, a loyal fan base actually as well both, both these are most famous Beshkohe is most famous for losing to Ronda Rousey in her home country yeah. Ronda Rousey went to Brazil and beat Beshkohe but yeah. she also Ronda Rousey also went to Brazil and was cheered by the Brazilian crowd to beat the Brazilian yeah and then Holly Holm is obviously most famous for UFC 193 where she head kicked KO'd Ronda Rousey yeah so like this is like the I see this only, of the I see this only going one way Um, I think Ronda, <coughs> only based on the fact that Holly Holm fights in Albuquerque with like some of the best UFC fighters and that like if she loses this and goes four, like 0-4 like I mean how detrimental that would be after having such a massive win against Ronda Rousey yeah uh, I can only see it going one way and Holly Holm winning yeah for me like Albuquerque, New Mexico you have the likes of John Jones, Claudia Gadea now, um, Diego Sanchez, Cowboy Cerrone, uh, there's a lot of training in Albuquerque. This is a, this is a gimme fight from the UFC, I think. Yeah, for me, this is this is a rebuild for Holly Holm. Yeah. And they're like, right here, we'll give you a give me fight, but uh, you're going to have to go to Singapore for it. So, yeah. uh, there you go, really. Yeah, uh, I think we're both picking Holly Holm, what and I think she'll probably get a knockout maybe in round three. Yeah. What, are you, uh, what are you expecting from the event itself? Um... To be honest, not a lot. I'm not overly st- uh, stoked when looking looking at, uh, up for it. But at the end of the day, um, who knows? The fights sort of you can't retell really them until they happen. Yeah, really. that's 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 actually the truth when it comes yeah. to it, isn't it? Yeah. Could you see? Uh, could you see uh, Holly Holm if she won calling out a uh, uh, Duranmi again? Or is that? It, do you think it, she's doing it, that? Who to knows? Me? I think Duranmi wants to come back down to bantamweight. I don't know what's happened with UFC featherweight title. I don't know what's happened with Chris Cyborg. Um, oh no, I think Holly Holm is happy enough to take whatever fight because she doesn't really have much of a say because she's what she'll be one and three then after that. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's almost too nice to call out anyone. She'll probably be yeah. like, "Thank you for coming." Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's basically it with the UFC. What? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think that's it. And obviously, we're day by day looking out for the McGregor Mayweather yeah. contracts. Line. If there's any up to date with any MMA events, fights, scandals, we'll yeah. put them straight up. So, we're going to move on to the rugby this weekend on Saturday. Ireland took on America in rugby and they won't quite convincingly. Yeah, 55 19. Uh, there was five debutants, nine tries. And that's only from the Irish side. Uh, America actually weren't too bad. They got a few tries themselves. Yeah. Um, I hate to say it, but Joey Carberry was actually quite poor in the game. That's the one thing, right? We were discussing this, how certain players weren't taken, especially Adam Byrne. Uh, big fan of him. Yeah. Um, Joey Carberry going over, starting now half. Big opportunity. And he, was, he, got, he had two kicks blocked down two, for tries. Two block kicks for tries. Um, missed... More of at least two, uh, yeah, two he, kicks. Yeah, he, and he changed his kicking style as well. That which was, was very bizarre. It was. It, it almost looked like he was having a bit of a meltdown. Uh, post game, Eddie O'Sullivan was saying that uh, Joey Carr would be lucky to be picked in the Ireland squad again very soon hmm. because um, how much he couldn't control the game, especially against an American side who are wouldn't even. They're be not the, the same standard. They're nowhere near the same standard. Like and, that was Irish B, if not C team, and. Like we beat them by what thirty points handling up thirty five points yeah, handling. Yeah, although, although it got close for after a while. Mm. Um, who who would you say that like really impressed? I know what see. No, was it Earls? Earls got two tries. Yeah, Earls got two tries. He was former very impressive former line. Uh, um, Jack Hone was very good again because I was very I, I was really I was really looking forward to seeing him play and like he really stood out. He, he he's a very I don't know whether he's a leader in the dressing room, but he's a leader on the pitch in my opinion. Yeah, I think he really. He's had a great year with Leinster as well. Um, James Ryan, Leinster player, on his debut. Oh, sorry, when I say Leinster player, zero senior appearances for Leinster. I don't know how he managed to get in the squad. Irish debut, scores a try. 20 years of age, second row. Unheard of stuff. What do you think of that party? Um, to be honest, I'm just really impressed the way the talent pool is actually so big. Yeah, five debuts. We had a... Uh, Dave Heffern, uh, with Jacob Stockdale, also uh, the Ulster winger, also scored try in his debut. Very, very impressive. Uh, Andrew Porter came on, and uh, Rory Scannell, uh, he got a conversion as well. Actually, I think he got two conversions. He got one from very uh, far on the wing, didn't he? That was, that was near the end. That was yeah. after, uh, I think it was, Denzibo knock it back. Yeah, he did, yeah. It was, uh, see, the thing is, with the match... There were so many. There were so many sloppy. Yeah, there's a lot of errors, but the, like a lot of like flashes of brilliance as well. Yeah, so it, they they knew they were going to win. Um, even the you see the cameraman didn't even know what they were doing as well. Like usually when someone's taking a conversion kick, as you know, you you come behind with the camera and then watch them like slot it over or put it wide. Mm. Um, like there was, there was one time I think Earls, we thought he was hacking touch and then next thing you know, Merriman scoring a try under the post. Yeah, who else? Someone else missed a conversion right in front of the post as well. Um. Was it Harvey? Was it I no, it was, I was like it was Merriman. Was, uh, it's not Merriman. I think actually it could have been um, Scannell. I actually think Scannell might, might have missed a very easy one. There was no chance it was Levy, was it? No, he's, it was, he's back rower. Yeah, no, but it was, it was a blondie guy. No, no, I think it was Roy Scannell who came yeah, on they, his debut. They, they, they didn't seem like uh, they were concentrating as much. I don't think I don't think they're going to be allowed to play like that like now against playing Japan this weekend. No. But... Um, yeah, it, it just needs to be a bit more disciplined. I think yeah. that's I think that's the way to phrase it, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, you could actually just take it as an Irish senior trip and trying to integrate the players together and seeing who who has the potential to really move on. Um, obviously, like Carby took the brunt of the well of the of the journalist yeah, opinions, of the, like, of the negative yeah. negativity. Of, I think because, yeah. I think because he was probably the most hyped. Two when he was going, uh, but yeah. uh, really didn't perform quite well. And, for for uh, you, Barry, who 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 are the most starters in the next game against Japan? Like you saw, like to be honest, it really, it really doesn't bother me. Um, as long as you see the thing is because you just want to see a tighter performance. Yeah, but it, it was more. I'd almost rather start nearly everyone who hasn't played for Ireland. Yeah, but because we had the likes of like Zebo playing, Earls playing, um, Keen uh, Healy playing, Conan. Uh, sorry, Cronin, um, Devon Toner. There were so many mistakes that you actually have to keep them players in. I don't think mm. I don't think this, the the actual management wanted them to actually play, 
But uh, because there was a lot of mistakes, but like these people are going to grow. I say they were nervous in the first game. Also, the temperature over in New Jersey. Yeah. And uh, a bit more humid than yeah. they'd be used to over here. And yeah. They, yeah. But they, like they, once they started bringing on, like McGrath came on, they started, they started just. Uh, being acting more professional, I think yeah. that was the thing. They started becoming more professional. And then the tries, they started knocking over the tries. Yeah, first they scored nine tries and were very critical of their performance. So yeah, like it's it crazy. sort of shows. It sort of shows the level of expectation when you put on that green jersey. What yeah. you're expected to do now. Yeah, but the thing is, like, look at look at the Irish team, for instance. Like, I mean, one top four, top five teams in the world. Like, I mean, you can't just be like, oh, these lads are allowed to do what they want, really. You know, yeah. what I mean? like, I mean, they're still wearing the Irish jersey. Yeah, they're basically we're looking at people to challenge the first team and at the end of the day some of the performances they put in weren't acceptable of the first team yeah well what do you want us to do do you want us to lie and be like oh they're absolutely fantastic oh they were brilliant mm. no like we're going to say it how it is and it like really see a couple of these players are going to be the people that we're going to be rooting like the Brian O'Driscolls or mm. whoever you want to call it. but uh so some players really need to step up and I think Kirby's definitely going to take that I don't think he t- he's going to take that well uh, and, uh, for, for me though I think for the next game, stick Luke McGrath in the scrum half, keep Carberry at 10. I know he had a bad game, but if you, I think if you take him out, that's worse for his confidence than if you drop him. But, um, I know, I know. like, obviously, you might need, if you drop him, you might be like, here, look, you can't play that bad, but, like, I think it'd be better for his confidence if you actually stuck with him and be like, here, look, yeah, I know you messed up twice in that last game, but we got away with it, but, like, to keep his confidence at a high level, put McGrath in at 9, to yeah. use McGrath, and you have that nine ten combo. Yeah, because it's only a friendly, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I I think that'd be better from surrounding surrounding what he's used to, and uh, maybe in the back row you have Levy, you have um, you play keep Conan, and you keep Reece Ruddock. So you have the Leinster back row, the Leinster nine, yeah. and Leinster ten, and he's more at home, and he's got a game under his belt, and he has the players around him. Uh, honestly, I think it'd be more beneficial to have him play again. Rory Scannell came in and he looked great in at um when he came into the game and you know he just yeah but then, what, what he meant to, yeah what what he meant to do with Scannell then bring Scannell on after fifty minutes let Carby have another forty minutes start give Scannell the last half an yeah hour. well I'm not saying I totally chop him now I know yeah but I, I almost think he has to play the next game now because because, uh, because everyone slated him so bad yeah. he has to like be given the opportunity to prove all those people wrong yeah but wouldn't Scannell be like here look I came on impressed. Yeah, but there's a third game. Because yeah, but people are selfish at the end yeah. of the day. Like I mean, like, I, I know, I know. In fairness, Scanlon would be like, "Here, look, he messed up and not yeah. performed." Well, I think if you're gonna keep Carby, well, Carby for the future, I think. Yeah, yeah but now that you said it, yeah. I, I 100 percent agree. Mm. It's just that other people might be like, "Oh, why, why this, why that?" You know I, mean? I, I, I think Joe Schmidt's gonna have to look at who's the bigger prospect for the future. And in my opinion, I think Carby runs the game better. But well, Scanlon's, I almost think Scanlon's like O'Gara. He's like safer. He like. Okay. kicks the right balls and he makes the better decisions but I think if you're down by 20 points in the game who's going to like make the play I think Carberry's going to make the play oh, no, I do agree I think Carberry has potential to become a, come along a long way and actually like be yeah he could be the Ireland a, team. yeah sort of sexton a leader in the team yeah and uh, like realistically they're only playing in America and not many people tuned in you know what I mean? But uh, we obviously made sure to tune in and uh, it was good to see new faces and uh, some people were good but uh, it was just a bit It was just a bit sloppy to what well, we're I'm excited for the Japan game. Well, uh, to be honest, I, I can't name any Japan players but uh, I'm looking yeah, forward... that's irrelevant. <laughs> can you name a lot of Americans, can you? Yeah. AJ McGinty and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the El Half, yeah, you, you said. Yeah, the El Half for America is named AJ McGinty and he actually played on our college rugby team for the NCOI Knights so like that was that was funny seeing him play against Ireland so fair play to him I think he's got a good few caps for America as well so that's, that's fair play to him for making a career out of that over there that's pretty cool getting to travel around yeah so w- what do we have left the Lions is up moving on to the Lions so the Lions went one on one since the last time we were talking to you and yeah, they, they were very disappointed against the Blues yeah on Wednesday the Lions lost to the Blues and the last few minutes if you haven't seen the try that the Blues got like what a try! That's what that's pure rugby. So if you're gonna lose to a try like that, I mm. mean, like what can you do? What, what was funny about the about the week's rugby for the Lions is the Blues are actually the worst team in the Super Fifteen, the worst New Zealand team, and they and lost, the, and they lost to them. And then the Crusaders are the best team in the Super Fifteen, and the Lions went to beat them twelve beat them three, on, beat them on the Saturday. Yeah. Um, 
twelve three. Owen Farrell seems to be doing the business again. Ross, what can you say about what can you say about the, the tournament so far? Uh, well, the the tour. For me, I, I think it just comes down to because there's been so few games. You have to look at the players as individuals, and it's not really looking as a team because they're they're not a team yet. Yeah, they're not a team yet. Um, for me. Players who have stood out. Uh, Atoji looks good when he plays. George Cruz was excellent against Crusaders. His set-piece play is fantastic. And like I've said it from day one, they both play for Saracens. They should start together. Um, Jamie George, the hooker, looks great. Um, Owen Farrell is obviously... I think he's he's stamped down number 10. I was, yeah, was going to get to that. I was going to get to that. We can discuss that in a sec. Yeah, keep going. Um, I think Watson was good on the wing in the first game. I think North is going to have to be the other winger. I think his size is... Incredible. I think Liam Williams should be the... Liam Williams! He should be the bench player because he's so versatile. Um, although, we, who knows? He could fit in a fullback. Okay. I, I don't know if Hogg stamped that position down. I don't. Um, think, I, I, don't I haven't been that impressed with Hogg. Uh, yeah, I think he's actually I, packing a bit of weight. I yeah, think. I think he's very small in size-wise yeah, as well. He's, he looks like he has defensive frailties for his attacking prowess. Yeah, but he was sensational in the Six Nations, wasn't he? But yeah. it's all about the, the present form. Um, also, you can't really look too far beyond Conor Murray. I think he's yeah. sort of Conor Murray. I think as well is fantastic at scrum half. Um, who else? Do I like Vumi Pola at loose head prop in at one. Tully Furlong in a three. I think. I think a lot of the team is like eventually toward picking himself. Peter Matney's putting his hand up in a big way. Yeah. Uh, CJ Standard's doing well for the Lions. Also, yeah, there's talk of Sam Warburton potentially not being making the test as well. Yeah. Uh, he and he's a shoe in. Like. He, he struggles a lot with injuries, that fella. And I don't necessarily think he is the best seven on tour. Sean O'Brien had a good game against the Crusaders. What about um, CJ Stander? I mean, he's yeah. been coming in, making it, putting a big shout out. And he can play anywhere across that back back three as well. Um, and then um, Toby Fallatow, as much as he didn't play rugby this year, when it comes down to it, he plays very well for that Lions jersey. So. I think a lot of people are putting their hands up and there's very few cemented positions. I think Farrell's cemented position, Toji's cemented position, probably Tyg Furlong. And the rest of them are still not so much guaranteed, I wouldn't say. The centres is very open, I think. That, yeah, that's the thing. There's actually only three more matches until the first test. Mm. Uh, next match is on Wednesday. Oh, sorry, excuse me. The next match is on Tuesday against the Highlanders, who are the four... Uh, fourth best team in the league and then the match after that is against the Maori on Saturday which I actually think is going to be the time where that's the test team that's, that's when you see the first test that's team, where I think. I think everything's really going to fall into place and that's going to be the starting 15 yeah well, I have to agree with you I think roughly the starting 15 between between the next two games that's when you're going to see the next starting yeah. 15 right and the, okay so we don't we don't massively need to like break down because we discussed who are the players who are doing yeah. really well and also by the end of this week we can actually say what we really expect. But there's been one big conversation about who is the number one out half that should start for the Lions. Um, I, I I don't even think it's a conversation. I think Owen Farrell is standing he's head just, and he's just taken the best, yeah. It's just I, I think he's just the one man who's totally taken the tour by itself and as Paul O'Connell said four he's years ago. Four. Yeah, as Paul O'Connell said four years ago, he's just like, this is the guy who's like leading everyone and he was what, yeah. four years younger, he was 21. Yeah. And uh, it'd be mad to think that Johnny Sexton wasn't going to start because people thought they'd fix the centres for Johnny Sexton's to start. No, I, I think when it comes down to Owen Farrell looks like he bossed the game better, the players seem to respond more when he's on the pitch and like, I think Dan Bigger was just bought there to play midweek games. I think he just was like it, it. It comes across that way anyway. And uh, Sexton looks like he's probably going to sit on the bench for the tests. Yeah, Farrell's European Player of the Year, European yeah. Championship two two year. years in a row, won the European Cup two years in a row, won the league two years in a row in England. Like the fella's done it all. What What do you think is the the, the main Six thing? Nations as well. Yeah. What What do you think is the main thing about Owen Farrell? Because this guy, this guy has something different. Yeah, he has yeah. something different. Yeah, I've I actually said it. I was sitting. I was sitting in the car with with dad and brother, and I said, "Owen Farrell, he's better than Johnny Jackson." And they both looked at me and were like, "Can't believe he said that." But I was like, "There's something about him. He's got that thing about him that you can't explain." I think it's actually better than John, uh, Wilkinson. He, he, A different very well confidence. Could be. Different is, confidence. There's something. 
there's a level of security that you feel with when he's on the pitch, isn't there? But, yeah. Yeah, there's like, I think he's become such a winner. And the team play differently with him on the pitch yeah, as well. Yeah, I, I think if if we stand any chance of beating New Zealand, it all has to run through him. Joe's all probably, of it. Do you know what's probably going to happen? Umaga's going to be like, go go for it. Uh, Umaga's going to come back with Mielamu and then they're going to take it home, Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that. Yeah. Um, guys, thanks for listening. Can't wait to come back next week already. I'm excited for next week already. Yeah. Um, um, and we'll make sure to hit record from the second go. Yeah. I'm going to say, if you haven't seen our Facebook page, like that, it's not as active as the Instagram, but you might as well. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter where we probably just tweet out the links to podcasts. Yeah. And I don't know how you found us by not listening, by not going to our Instagram, but if for whatever reason you haven't, Follow our uh, Instagram. It's yeah. energize underscore R and B. anything, Dad. Um, as always, stay energized. <laughs>